0: another episode of debatable with your hosts nina and kyle i'm kyle i'm nina today we want to wish you a happy valentine's day and or a happy single awareness day because today seems like one of those things where you have two holidays that happen at the same time but for a lot of people it's like You're either celebrating one or the other, but never both, it seems.
1: Well, you can celebrate both, especially now in the time of COVID. You know, you can be technically single because you are in a long distance relationship and not physically with your partner. But, you know, that's just cheating. You're technically still in a relationship and you have the right to celebrate what Valentine's traditionally is meant to be about. Yeah,
0: but that's an interesting question. Like, if you are not, if you are in a relationship, does that mean that you don't have the right to celebrate Single Awareness Day?
1: I mean, it's gonna be rude because you are just raising awareness for something that isn't you, right? Maybe you
0: can, mm, maybe you can go like, "Hi, um, I am not the single person here, but." Shout out. I, I want to I raise awareness for my friends who are single. Yeah,
1: or like, shout out to all the single people. You guys are strong, you know?
0: Okay, so I guess. you. So, for the purposes of this podcast, you And this know, episode. And this episode, we are celebrating both. Yeah. We're celebrating both. Shout out to all the single people. And also shout out to all the non-single people, I guess. Um, we're doing this episode because last year we did a a Valentine's Day episode, so now we just said, you know what, what if we make this a tradition? What if we continue this tradition of, like, prepping motions about love, relationships, Valentine's Day, and I guess ruin the holiday for our listeners by dissecting this celebration of love, and what about love in general?
1: And, you know, I guess debaters are already dissecting this, um, like, day, Because traditionally, at least in the years I was still in college and tournaments were still on site, Manila InterVarsity was held on Valentine's Day so that people could spend their dates debating instead of actually going out there. And I guess today is the same because there are so many tournaments happening this weekend for those people who choose not to celebrate Valentine's or want to celebrate it during a debate round.
0: Yeah. So th- there's Manchester IV, right? Yeah. There's also Katipunan Debate Open. There's also Mad Mini. But the one that we spent our Valentine's Day weekend talking watching. about or watching was, um, the IMDC, which is a tournament for med students in the, in the national capital region. So that's also one of the reasons why we picked this topic because earlier, um, we didn't know what to talk about for this episode <laughs> so earlier this morning it was like Valentine's Day we had breakfast and we were like what are we gonna do for Valentine's Day today and then we decided to watch imdc and in in the final motion the finals round one of the speakers introduced their speech by saying happy single awareness day and we were like this person isn't single yeah so I was thinking like what if instead of celebrating Valentine's Day, everyone um, celebrates Single Awareness Day because everyone chooses to be single? So what if the motion that we're going to discuss today is this house would not love or something? And I know that is a motion that we've had already many times in the past, like many different variations of that.
1: Yeah, during a tournament where I was ad score for, I set the motion as assuming the technology exists, people should turn off their emotions, including love. So that's kind of part of it. Yeah. Um. There's also directly just this house would not love, which was set in another tournament that I didn't debate in, but I was told of, and I heard that it was a great debate. So it's fascinating to think what arguments came out there.
0: Yeah. So I guess in this motion, you can word it however you want, but like it assumes that you have a choice to love or not to love and then you're deliberately choosing not to love. So it's not something that will be coerced upon you. It's not going to be forced. Yeah. But it's something like, yeah, I'm not going to love today or like I'm never going to love.
1: Yeah. Choosing to be a celibate, basically. A voluntary celibate Yeah. if you want to name it that way.
0: Yeah. So I guess the next question now is, okay, fine. Let's assume that people can choose not to love. What does that mean? Like, What kind of love are we going to talk about? Are we talking about, like, romantic love, platonic love? I think all
1: types of love. I guess love comes in different forms. And even now, we don't have a standardized way of assessing what love is and what love isn't. And there are many ways that it manifests.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Because Plato, if I'm saying it was Plato in, in Symposium, he said that, look, you have romantic love or, like, eros. And there's also platonic love, or like a universal kind of love. So according to Plato, um, romantic seems to be, our idea of romantic love for Plato is just like sexual love or attraction to a person's body. Um, but like a platonic love is about moving from attraction to a person's body or physical traits to being attracted to another person's soul. So under platonic love, you can still have a sexual component to a relationship, but you're mainly attracted to their soul. So, I, I guess that differs from how we conceptualize platonic love in the modern era, which necessarily means that you don't have a sexual component to your relationship. Yeah,
1: like no sex at all. You are just you just really love the person. You're not even in a relationship with that person.
0: Yeah, but it turns out, and I, I read about this before, apparently there are so many different ways that people have classified platonic love that there are like seven kinds of love. And there are lots of Greek names for all of them, but in general, there's you know sexual love, love between friends, a you a unilateral love between parents and their children. Um, oh, of course it's unilateral because parents love their children, but not vi- vice versa or something like mm-hmm. maybe in ancient Greece it was like that. Um, there's also agape, which is uni- a universal love for strangers. And like this is interesting to you because when I was a kid. Uh, we had during Buwan ng Wika or August. August ang Buwan ng Wika. Tiba? Yeah. During every August in grade school and high school, we'd have agape where we'd bring food for everyone and everyone brings food to share.
1: Oh, you named it agape? That's we, so cute. Yeah,
0: we named it agape. And I was like, oh, this is a Filipino word which means sharing. But no, apparently it's a Greek word meaning universal love. Mm. Yeah, so it, it encompasses love. Not just to your neighbor, but also to the world in general, nature, maybe even God or something like that. There's also an uncommitted love. Wikipedia says that there is such a thing as uncommitted love. Mm -hmm. Which is just like, I'm loving you for fun, but there's no commitment here. So, like I guess fuckboys unite here. (laughs) Um, There's also love that's based on duty or self-interest. And I guess this generally means like love of country... Is based on love of duty from duty or something like that. Uh, it also and I think most importantly, it also includes self-love. So there are many different ways that you can theoretically categorize love. Maybe we can talk about all of those different things. Yeah,
1: I don't or think some of the debate. Them. I don't think the debate is limited to just like our traditional way of understanding love. Or at least not traditional, but our modern way of conceptualizing love which is based on the outcomes of that love so grand gestures or the sex complete devotion or even how it manifests through monogamy justified toxicity towards your partner the existence of another half etc etc
0: it's funny about like the other half like if you're a progressive individual should you be calling your significant other your better half yeah does that mean that like You are not a whole person or they're not a whole person. And I remember the joke that, oh, I can call you my better whole (laughs) instead.
1: (laughs) That's horrible. Oh, I have a question. Do you think Plato named platonic love after himself?
0: No, I I don't think that Plato named... I call this love the platonic love. Right. (laughs) I think like people who studied Plato and his idea of love in, in the symposium, they were like, wow... Plato's idea of love is so radical, we should name it after him. So, Plato didn't name love after himself. Actually, Plato is notoriously shy. I mean, like, there isn't any text that says, oh, Plato is shy. But if you look at it, a lot of Plato's works were based on, like, dialogues. So he was, I think a lot of the time, he wasn't really the main character. A lot of the time, he was writing scripts, basically scripts, between different people, like having a conversation, and in a lot of the time, Socrates was a character there, and that's the reason why it's kind of vague when you're looking at the works of Socrates, because at some point, it just seems like it's Plato pretending to be Socrates.
1: Oh, that's kind of cute to think about that. Plato might be so shy that he role-plays someone else so that he doesn't get credit. Oh my gosh, is Plato the first person to have imposter syndrome? Maybe maybe Plato (laughs) doesn't
0: have self-love. Maybe.
1: Anyway, I think we digressed quite a bit. So if we are actually going to talk about now the motion, this house would not love, I would break it down into issues. And I guess the first question I would ask would be, is it necessary to even have love for society to function? If I was Gov, and I'm not saying I believe these things cuz I'm pro love and all that. I'm not anti love, like most people believe me to be. I am just a very pragmatic person. Yeah, but I government was like. Side, shh, <laughs> don't <sorry. deny. laughs> But government side can say that it's not necessary because you can replace love with other things and society can still function. For example, you don't need to love someone to get things done cuz you can operate on mutual respect instead, or obligation, or contracts. Like, you don't need to love the state in order for you to follow its laws, right? You can operate on things like fear. Though it's not a good thing. I'm just saying there are alternative ways for you to operate as a society. Or even romantic love. You don't need romantic love to make children. I've seen children be made for less than love, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess you could say that you don't really need love in order to respect like the only thing that you need to know or have in order to learn that it's good to respect another person is logic. Like Kant famously did this when he did his critique of pure reason or or something. <laughs> when when he was saying that you need to have a categorical imperative that just based on logic, there has to be a rule that everyone should follow, like rationally. And if one of this is you need to the, the main categorical imperative is you should treat other people as ends in themselves and not means to an end. Mm. Why? Because you need to expect the same kind of treatment from other people. So the only way for society to work is through logic, treating everyone as ends in themselves. So maybe you don't need love. You just need logic. Um, but I think on the other hand, on opposition, maybe you could say that, you know, Kant is very difficult to read, For a reason. Like, I know a lot of philosophy professors, and only a few of them have actually read Kant. And the reason for that, I think, is Kant is difficult to read because he's not really intuitive. Like, for us, we don't really think in terms of pure rationality. A lot of us, actually most of us, if not all, are kind of very selfish. So I think without the concept of love... There isn't a real incentive to be very good otherwise. Like, you could just make stuff up, pretend to be good, but really, you're not really respecting anybody behind the scenes because you don't love anybody or you don't even have a concept of love mm. b- around which you can anchor, like, concepts like respect. Um, I also think that, you know, even if you assume that it's not necessary, um, even if it's not necessary, so what though? Like, we do a lot of things, not because they're necessary, but because it adds more than what is necessary to our lives.
1: Like?
0: I don't know, like debate.
1: <laughs> I guess, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess debate is something that, you know, it's not really necessary. Um, you don't need debate to live, but it kind of enriches your life. And I think that's something that that is a good point for love, where in general, I think it might enrich your life.
1: Well, I guess that's true. But if I was in government, I could also argue that love is harmful because you're saying, basically, that without love, it's okay not to be respectful or anything like that.
0: Well, for me, I think that, you know, you have to be respectful either way. And, you know, I know earlier that I said it gives you an incentive to be respectful if you have this concept of love. I think either way, we want people to be respectful. But I just think that it's more likely that people would be respectful if we have some kind of concept called love that we know and experience and you know, we're able to replicate um, that says that we should be decent at least to some other people. So I I was thinking maybe like Jesus when he says, Love your neighbor... Don't do this in a debate, by the way. I'm talking to the view, uh, to the listener. Don't cite Jesus in a, in a debate. But I'm saying, like, if you're thinking about Jesus, and when he said, love your neighbor or something like that, basically saying respect all people. But the reason why he phrased it in terms of love is it is the best way for regular people to approximate what respect would mean because they have experienced it for themselves. mmm so if you don't have the ability to read cat, or you like you can't read cat for some reason or other, like if you're blind or something, if, or if you have a condition. Or maybe it's just too boring to read. If you can't have the facilities to logic your way into creating an idea of respect, perhaps you should now turn to this feeling or experience of love. Because that's where you get concepts of respect of decency like you want to respect the person that you love um and also like I like your point about procrastin uh, procrastination Whew, what a slip <laughs> <laughs> about procreation because it's it's true i guess that you don't really need love to procreate um but I think first of all biology evolutionary biology or evolutionary psychology tells us that the reason why we have this feeling or experience of love is because it increases chances of procreation. But I also want to think about children for a bit. Like, let's assume that you do have procreative sex and you do get more children. What would happen now if parents don't actually love their children? Like, they're only willing to care and sacrifice for their children as long as it's reasonable or rational to do so. Um, without love, there is no, like, going above and beyond the bare minimum when it comes to parenting. Um, so I think love is a kind of, is, is a kind of a reason why a lot of men end up hurting their spouses. Because doing something just for procreative purposes is the reason why, like, there's a lot of domestic abuse. I don't want to generalize, but there has been a study about um, sanctification of marriage and procreation. So, and it found that if a person is more likely to ascribe religious feelings or like religious sentiments towards, re- uh, towards marriage and sex, in the sense that, you know, the only reason why we have sex is to procreate, it actually increases the chances for you to have domestic abuse. So, the idea that everything has to be functional or according to God's design all the time, instead of it being grounded on a subjective human emotion like love, is actually something that might lead to bad outcomes for people in society. That's what I think. And also, I think, contributes to the idea that women should be treated just as baby machines.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense, right? Um, so besides the societal thing... I think we skipped something, which I realize now. The discussion of whether love is nature or nurture. Do you think love is inherent or is something built on?
0: I think that it's a bit of both. In the sense that you, like as a human, you have a propensity to feel something that's like love. But when it comes to acting on those emotions, that might be part of the nurture thing. That you're taught that... Love means this. Love means not being a douche to other people.
1: Yeah. Which I think brings us now to the second part of the discussion. So we've discussed whether it's good for society. There are two sides, obviously, to this coin. So it's up to you as the listener to decide whether you choose to love or not based on our discussion. But the second part would be whether it's good for the individual. And if I was in Gov, and I feel like Gov can argue and say that Love is debilitating, especially when it doesn't turn out right. And especially since, a lot of instances, it doesn't turn out right. So disappointments from failed parental love are likely, and they can be debilitating and cause trauma. Disappointments from even failed relationships are also debilitating. And you're more likely to have failed relationships than successful relationships. And you have to go through a lot of failed relationships be- before you find one, if you're even lucky to find an effective and happy relationship. And the expectation alone can take away useful time from, you know, other endeavors. I feel like so many people spend a lot of their time waiting for that perfect someone that they don't realize that they can make themselves that perfect someone and make themselves happy with their own self. You know, like self-love. Yeah, I get that. Also, it can turn you into an incel.
0: Okay, let's talk about incels for a little bit. I think actually... If you choose not to love, isn't that you, like, becoming an incel? Like, aren't incels celibate? Um,
1: actually, if you choose not to love, you become a voluntary celibate. So you're not an incel because incels are involuntary celibates, you know? Like, checkmate!
0: (laughs) No, 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 it's not a checkmate, it's not a checkmate. Um, actually, (laughs) um, actually, incel, although it is a portmanteau for... Involuntary celibate. Okay. I think, actually, there is a choice component to this. Like, if you watch the ContraPoints episode on incels, actually, like, you lived as an incel or something, or you studied incels, there is, like, a part of the incel community that believes that you should choose to be celibate instead because this is a protest uh, against, like, women in general. So this is called like taking the red pill or the black pill. Mm -hmm. And this is from The Matrix because I guess incels also really like The Matrix where Morpheus offers Neo a choice between taking the blue pill and the red pill. And being awakened or enlightened comes from you taking the red pill. And that evolved to getting the black pill. So essentially, like if you choose to take the black pill, that's why you choose to be an incel. Like, that's when you recognize that you are going to be celibate because you're ugly. Like, you're not a chad. You don't have, like, a bone structure that favors, you know, sexual relations. So I think that there might be a choice component to this. But also, I think that, well, I don't want to take stuff away from, you know, people who have had failed parental relationships or bad parental relationships but on the flip side, I think that this is a failure of, you know, this a failure of the parent to love properly. And it's also uh, applicable as a rebuttal to your other point about um, failed relationships being debilitating. Because those relationships failed because someone was not loving properly, I guess. Like, um if a parent abandons or hurts a person, that might be because their concept of love wasn't fully developed, they didn't feel love enough, or their idea of love was skewed um, towards a negative like side, a more selfish side. So you can define it on opposition that's not really love if you're going to abuse another person. Um, but I also think that you know, self-love is something that you can do even while in um, an abusive relationship. I Actually, I've known a lot of people who have realized that they don't deserve to be treated like crap because they were in an abusive relationship. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to thank your abuser because ah, because of my abuser, I learned self-love. But I, I'm saying that just because you have a failed relationship doesn't necessarily mean that it prevents you from creating a concept of self-love. Like, I can relate to this personally. Like, I have been in really bad relationships where I came out of it feeling a little bit traumatized because of the experience, but it's also me knowing that I deserve better. But I guess an even-if response here is, let's assume that there are bad relationships. Like, a lot of relationships do end badly. I guess... I guess you can say that you learn something from yeah, it. Yeah, you learn something from it, I guess. Like a lot of people f- create the silver lining for themselves. Even survivors of abuse, they create the silver lining for themselves and they said, "Well, this made me stronger." And this isn't this doesn't mean that you need, you know, traumatic experiences to be strong, but for a lot of people who've actually experienced these bad things, they might want to take solace in the fact that they survived through it or something like that.
1: But I don't think it argues for loving again, right? Because I think on government side, you can still say that you can have failed relationships or because you've had failed relationships, you can think the the failed relationships say you've learned from it and then because of that, say you've learned not to love again because you've learned enough and that you don't need to experience anymore. So how would you respond to that? Hmm. Well,
0: you can do a dupang response. <laughs> you can do a debate cheating debate cheaty response by saying that's not the debate because this assumes you've never loved and you're still choosing not to love. But I guess if you're I guess if you're going beyond the, the debate rules, I mean that's valid in debate rules. Yeah. But if you're going to respond to the actual meat and potatoes of the argument, like let's assume that you've loved before and you've lost before, so you chose not to love again.
1: I think it's just the same as, uh, anti-natalism. Like, what's the point of choosing to experience something? Yeah, yeah. That you haven't, like, you haven't known of yet. Or what's the point of experiencing the pain if there's no assurance of happiness? So what's the argument in natalism there?
0: So what you're asking me is, like, what is, uh, what is an outcome-independent benefit yeah. that you, you would get from loving? And I guess, and here's where I, I get a little bit more philosophical. I think we can look at a relational self. Because I was thinking that, you know, the other day, I was listening to 30 Seconds to Mars. And that's my favorite band, even though I don't think that they've aged pretty well. But, like, th- for a very long time, that was my favorite band. Uh, Would you say
1: you love them?
0: (laughs) I guess so. Like I that was the only band for which I bought albums. From which I bought albums. Um so what happened then was those experiences, like with their music, enriched my life. And the reason why I was able to do that was because I learned about it from another person that I actually loved in sixth grade. So like that those feelings left. Like, I don't feel any of those feelings from 6th grade anymore. But the effect is still there and um my fondness for <laughs> I would never admit this to her, but my fondness for Phantom of the Opera is also something that I've learned from someone that I've loved. Mm-hmm. Um So there, there's a lot of things that I've learned from loving another. Not necessarily in the romantic way, but you know, just in general. So what I would say is, independent of any outcome, you learn new things about yourself because of your relationship with another person. And that's the idea of the relational self. That it's actually self-discovery. Loving another person is self-discovery. Because what happens when you relate with another person is you find out that you love something in common or... Um, you see another person doing something and then you realize that i would do something like that or i wouldn't do something like that mm-hmm. so in a sense if you didn't ever choose to love you would never learn that about yourself so i guess outcome independent it gives you a lot of opportunities to learn about yourself and i guess that increases the chances of learning self love as well because you know under the the framework or you know the argument that Loving another is also about self-discovery. But also, I think that... mm, I also think that it might lead to more self-actualization. Like, sure, a lot of relationships might involve a lot of suffering. But life in general is full of suffering. Like, the world is irrational. It feels like you have to push a boulder up a hill over and over again. Like Sisyphus. But... I think it will be worse if you would spend that life alone. So, um, on the other hand, if you spend your life with another person, be it romantically or platonically, um, that might lead to a cooperation or that might lead to, like, really good effects for a person. Like, it helps them deal with the nihilism of living in an absurd reality, lets them create those meanings for themselves, um... Because you could argue on opposition that love is actually a mechanism that equalizes those opportunities, allowing more people to escape suffering. So while I would say that like it's still not a 100% chance, you know, relationships are going to go to shit, but the probability of self-actualization is higher if you do have a partner.
1: I would spin that argument, though, in government and say that self-actualization can also happen if you're just focusing on yourself. And would even happen better if you just focus on yourself and not think about things like love and the expectation of love and how others say you should be loving another. Because I could argue your version of self-actualization is dependent on the cooperation of someone else. Someone you can't control. Someone you have no say on. Someone who has their own ideals and goals and their own challenges so they can't be reliable actors to lean on if you're focusing on developing your own life so i would argue that by choosing not to love you get to respect yourself more you get to focus on yourself more you don't need to love yourself but you need to at least be confident in yourself and be able to operate properly and succeed and those things might be more valuable okay so here's a
0: question i have for you how is it possible that you would ever want to work on yourself if you don't love yourself? Like you would want to develop on yourself, get better, get a good job, get a good life, etc. only because you love this idea of the self that you've constructed.
1: First of all, I think that's an unfair like definition because by that logic there's no way for government to ever argue about self-improvement if it predicates on needing to love yourself. But second, I think that a lot of people develop themselves even without having any real emotion towards the body that they encapsulate. Like, they see themselves as a soul that's just going through life, enduring day in, day out. And they at least want what's best for that body so that they survive, so that they don't have to suffer. So you don't need to love yourself, but you can at least hate the idea of suffering. And that's why you improve upon yourself.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess I see that. Like, a lot of people actually legitimately hate themselves yeah, but they still keep chugging. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get that. Um,
1: hmm. What else can you run in this argument? But I feel like most of the discussions are very philosophical. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the debate gets confusing because you don't know what love is and you don't know how it manifests. What is love? <laughs> yeah, you can just sing. <laughs> what is love?
0: Baby, don't hurt me.
1: <laughs> uh. What else? I, I feel like we have not also discussed how society views love would choosing Valentine's
0: Day yeah especially
1: like we discussed this last year as well like there are expectations placed on love that if you choose to love even if you're in opposition and you say that love comes in many forms you have to at least agree that you have to conform to a certain idea of what love looks like like polyamory would still be discriminated on for example or loving for example in a way that's unconventional by not choosing to greet or celebrate valentines might be seen as like unorthodox or you might even be seen as a bad lover by doing it right so if that was the case and you can't conform won't it just be better to choose not to love so that you're not pressured by these things
0: okay but that assumes that you live in a society that imposes those unfair expectations
1: but i could argue you that you do you know Yeah, I mean, like... The internet and stuff.
0: Yeah, so either way, it assumes that you're living in this kind of society. Isn't that also the kind of society that would make you feel worse if you don't have a partner?
1: So not that sounds coercive. Like, you have to choose to love because you don't have a choice. Or you might be ostracized, right? Yeah, but, like, it's the same, way. Like, under your
0: model, you're saying that if you choose to love, you would still be coerced because you would feel that you need to perform certain things in order to you know, be a good lover or something. But what I'm saying is, even if that person does not choose to love, they would still feel the coercive power of those same, like, societal mechanisms of imposing those expectations.
1: So in conclusion, everything is correlated. No matter
0: what you do. (laughs) In conclusion, it's society that's the problem. Yeah, society
1: is the problem. And if there was a choice, maybe it's not about whether we should love or not. It's about whether society should care. About whether yeah. we love or not.
0: Maybe it's it's more about wow, what a nice like end to like a discussion about individuals. Maybe it's not about individual choices so much at, as it is about a society that judges you for making or not making certain choices.
1: Mm. So or, I guess yeah. I guess I guess that's the case, right? Um mm. so in the end, what did we learn from this argument? Or what did we learn from this motion?
0: I mean, like, I guess what I learned personally is don't judge anybody, like, if, if you're single or if you're not single, if someone chooses to be single or not single. that That is absolutely none of your business because, like, it's their lives. And insofar as love is a, a purely personal experience... Then choosing not to love is similarly a purely personal experience.
1: Yeah. So it's nuance. So you can't arbitrarily decide whether to love or not based on like generalities because it's always going to be different per person.
0: Yeah.
1: So you can't, don't let society
0: tell you to love someone or not love someone or it's, it's going to be too late for you to love if you're going to, because you're not going to have children anymore. Just shut up, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be in a relationship. Or if you're in a relationship, you don't need to feel bad about being in a relationship. You know, it is what it is. And I guess that's the ultimate conclusion. Yeah. Whether you're celebrating Valentine's or Single Awareness Day, um, here at Debatable, we wish you happiness. Wow. <laughs> wow,
0: that's really nice. That's yeah, really I
1: think nice. the conclusion would be, choose what makes you happy. Whether you choose to love or not love, if the end result is you being happy, then pick that one. Yeah, and even if,
0: You don't feel like you're in a position to love yourself. Even if you hate yourself, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, that you should actively harm yourself or something. Yeah, I think even if you hate yourself now, you should still strive to be the best version of yourself that you can be.
1: You don't need to love yourself if that's too much to ask. And I, I really hate it when people tell me, like, just love yourself, it's gonna be easy, you'll stop being depressed. Like, it's not that easy. But yeah. at the very least, you can learn not to hate yourself as much. And that's different. You can choose to at least try to like yourself enough to survive.
0: That was actually less who than I was expecting. Like, why? I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> I mean, there was a good amount of who got in this episode, but it wasn't it. It wasn't as much as I expected, considering, like, how much we can hook out with this motion. Yeah, and how much our past relationships shaped us, for better or for worse, I Mm -hmm. guess.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't want to divulge this This isn't
0: a drunk episode, okay? This isn't one of the...
1: (laughs) We're just very philosophical today, and... I guess we're just more critical compared to last year. Like, doing debatable has changed me. And, like, when I look at issues, I try to look at the philosophical lens as well. Oh, Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) When have I started caring about Philo? It's probably because of Kyle. So, yay! I wish
0: I could say the same for IR, but, like, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, I guess in this relationship, you can see who who takes and who gives well oh, wow. <laughs> I'm kidding I can't I'm kidding girl get... mm. <laughs> okay okay sorry that's it for this episode of debatable we're sorry we got rambly at the end um, but we do have a lot of feelings towards this motion and we do I don't know we have a lot of friends who debate this on a daily whether yeah. they they should like choose to have a crush or not have a crush whether they should turn off their emotions or not and though we're not in the best position to give advice we hope that we at least gave you some perspective on both sides of this debate yeah so i guess that's
0: all that's it for this episode we'll see you in the next one She'll be this week we apologize if this episode was kind of late because we recorded it a bit late
1: <laughs> and we wanted to rec- uh, release it during valentine's so yeah,
0: yeah we
1: missed this the friday schedule so that we could upload today
0: Yeah, but hopefully, for the next episode, we do meet the Friday. This isn't, like, a a promise that you could enforce upon me with the law or something. This isn't an actual contract. But, like, we'll try our best for the next time that we're gonna
1: release on Friday. Okay, that's it. Bye. That's it. Bye-bye.